0: The Flight Deck is made possible by the generous donors supporting the Museum of Flight. You can support this podcast and the Museum of Flight's other initiatives across the United States and the world by visiting museumofflight.org/podcast. Hello and welcome to The Flight Deck, the podcast of the Museum of Flight in Seattle, Washington. I am your host, Sean Mobley. The Museum of Flight hosts many interesting people and organizations every month for programs or outreach. But one of the most unique I've seen here is Orbis International, an entire eye hospital contained inside a McDonnell Douglas MD-10 converted jet airliner. Orbis flies their plane all around the world to developing countries, not just performing surgeries to treat preventable blindness, but more importantly, teaching the local medical communities the skills to perform the surgeries themselves so that blindness can be prevented long after the flying hospital leaves. During Orbis's stay at the Museum of Flight, I sat down with Dr. Hunter Cherwick, Orbis's deputy chief of clinical services, to learn more about their mission and how one special 45-year-old airplane is changing lives all across the world. Hunter, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Yeah, no, it's great to be here. Our our plane is here. We want to thank you for giving us a home and giving our plane a home until we take off for Mongolia in early August. And we'll be spending the rest of the month there working with our partners, both with pediatric ophthalmology and adult ophthalmology.
0: So let's just take a quick step back, because I don't think a lot of people know the difference between an optometrist and an ophthalmologist. Sure. Do you mind explaining a little bit about that?
1: And with, at Orbis, we work with both. So we have volunteer optometrists as well as volunteer ophthalmologists. Ophthalmologists go through a traditional med school and then do more surgical eye care. Optometrists go to a optometry school. They're also doctors. They focus on refractive error and glasses and medical treatment of the eye. What does Orbis do? Orbis is a non-government, non-profit organization that works with local partners and low-to-middle-income countries to treat and prevent blindness.
0: How did you get connected with this? I saw that you joined almost immediately out of Sure. School. Yes,
1: I, I finished my residency, and that night— flew commercially to join Orbis, and the plane at the time was in Western China. Orbis has really grown since we first took off in 1982 with a DC-8 plane. The plane on your tarmac today is a third generation MD-10 plane. Um, What's been exciting is as we've grown the planes, we've also grown the program so that we now have permanent offices throughout the world. We've built children's eye hospitals. We have uh, many, many surgical programs that take place without the plane every week of the year. You mentioned preventable blindness. So sure. what
0: are some examples of preventable blindness?
1: Absolutely. Some nutritional problems or di- um, or diabetes, things like cataract, which it, with the proper access to surgical care, the site can be restored.
0: About what percentage of the population who go blind have some form of preventable blindness? Well,
1: that's a great question. So 80 percent eight zero, eighty 8-0, 80% of the world's blindness can be prevented or cured. And 90% of that blindness is in low- to middle-income countries. And that's where we focus.
0: So we've kind of hinted a little bit about the plane. Yes. Why don't you talk a little bit about what the plane is?
1: The plane is really a engineering masterpiece, both in healthcare as well as in training and teaching. It is a U.S. accredited hospital. It's an ambulatory surgery center. We do not have inpatients. No one sleeps on the plane overnight. Um, That travels the world doing eye surgeries, not just to help the patients, but to train and work with the partner physicians in those countries to exchange skills and upskill their ability to treat blinding conditions in their country. It is also a broadcast studio. All the lectures and surgeries are recorded. They can be edited and put on our telemedicine distance learning website called Cybersight, C-Y-B-E-R. SIGHT.org, which provides materials for doctors, nurses, and community eye health workers to treat blindness in their communities.
0: So that's where the term flying hospital comes from.
1: Correct. Now, we do not operate in flight. So when we fly, all the sensitive medical equipment is put in protective cases. It is latched to points on the floor like cargo. But when we land, the entire team rolls up their sleeves and for six or seven hours sets up the hospital, unpacks the sensitive medical equipment, and then cleans and sterilizes the uh, OR.
0: You have some pretty sophisticated, top-of-the-line stuff.
1: Absolutely. Our goal is to provide the highest level of eye care no matter where we are in the world. But we're also able to adjust the technology for what is appropriate, sustainable, and transferable in that country. So before we ever land the plane, we spend about a year working with the partner hospitals understanding their needs, understanding the local healthcare systems, and adjusting the technology so that we teach what is appropriate for them at this time to help their patients.
0: You just kind of came to my next question. I think what's unique about Orbis is you don't just come do surgeries and leave. You teach the doctors there how to do it, but then you have the the top-of-the-line equipment. How do they keep doing it. Absolutely. And that's all about planning.
1: We actually have a team of ophthalmologists, nurses, anesthesiologists, and the last one's the most important, the biomedical engineers that look at all the clinical equipment one year before the plane lands to assess what technologies are appropriate and sustainable in that country. For example, we can teach cataract surgery that does not use electricity for the really low resource countries. But then also we can teach in the middle income countries the most advanced technologies that they want to learn. Now our goal is to always push our partners to best practices and look at what is currently available and achievable and build off a five or 10 year program to help them get there.
0: You talk about the technology evolving so quickly, it makes you kind of imagine if you are a person, especially a low income country, And you have never seen for your whole life or maybe haven't seen for much. And you have this surgery and now you're able to see and you wake up in this state-of-the-art hospital. It must be quite a reaction you get. Certainly. We
1: have patients who haven't seen for literally a decade. And they'll come on the Orbis plane and they'll be surrounded by funny looking people like me wearing masks and speaking a language they don't understand. And that's why we always have translators. We have an incredible nursing team who are incredibly compassionate. They take such good care, not just of the patients, but their family members. One of the things we have as a rule is every patient must come with a family member. Not only to provide support but also to help go with them when they go back on the ambulance to the local hospital to be discharged.
0: let's let's shift to the plane a little yeah, bit. yeah it must yeah. be quite a logistical challenge to move an MD10. <laughs> Well, Anywhere in the world. Well,
1: absolutely. But we have great aviation partners. We've got uh, companies like Boeing, UTC Aerospace, FedEx, that all of these giants in their field want to see us succeed. And they provide not just their technology, they provide their talent, their engineers, their pilots, their their design teams to help us overcome those challenges. So certainly to the concept of flying a hospital around the world, especially to low resource places, it sounds in, not even achievable but yet we've been doing it since 1982. So for me, that's very exciting that we have such great corporate sponsors like FedEx and United and Boeing and UTC Aerospace. But what really is incredible are the pilots and the people that they bring out to help us and help us get over these challenges when we're designing something or we need to go for a hospital uh, hospital maintenance or a aircraft maintenance, like a B check or a C check.
0: Right. And you just got this current plane pretty recently. Correct.
1: The thing that's exciting is that this plane, the DC-10, was an integrated hospital where the hospital is part of the plane, which to make any change or modification was a big deal and would have to take a lot of regulatory and approvals. The the interesting thing about this plane is we made it modular and that it's actually cargo. So we can pull out the hospital, do modifications, and put it back into the plane. And obviously we do this with the, you know, every person on board has backgrounds in medical safety, flight safety, engineering, all of these things to make sure that anything we do to the hospital is the best for our patients, and anything we do to the plane is best for the passengers. Where have you personally
0: traveled with this
1: plane? I'm really excited that just in the last uh, less than a year, we've gone to Bangladesh, we've been to Peru, and what really makes me excited is going to Mongolia next month, and then also going to Ethiopia. Those are two very special countries for me. In Ethiopia, the plane is landing, to celebrate World Sight Day, but also to celebrate 20 years of our office being in Ethiopia, working day in and day out with our partners throughout the
0: country, not just at the airport. Because besides the plane, you have offices in, Absolutely. in it looks like about a dozen countries or so. Yes, you've done your research. Exactly right. So with all this travel, I do understand that You personally can be a bit of a puzzle to some of the border security agents. (laughs) Yes, uh, certainly people look at my passport and try to figure out who
1: I am and what I do. And then when I tell them that I'm on this plane hospital that goes around the world, I think they look at me kind of funny, like maybe I uh, (laughs) have had too many uh, drinks on my flight or something like that. I can tell you that when you start talking to the airport officials and then they hear about Orbis, they're mesmerized. And it always is shocking to me how much I travel and work with these thought leaders in aviation and how few of them even know that Orbis exists.
0: Are there any stories that come to mind that you just really resonate with you?
1: I mean, every every patient who comes on board that plane is a miracle. And having someone who has not seen for 10 years take the patch off and see a family member, whether it's a child or a, a brother or sister for the first time, it's pretty powerful. You don't, you don't get tired of seeing miracles. For me, I would tell you that one of the things that I've really appreciated is how quickly people now can recover from cataract surgery. So we had a patient who had not left their house in over 10 years and really could barely see a light in front of their eyes. They couldn't count fingers. They couldn't see the hand waving in front of their face. They could barely see a flashlight, whether or not the flashlight was on or off. And the next day they were seeing 2040 with less than 24 hours of surgery. And they were getting better with each hour and the, the, the tears of joy that they wanted to rub their eyes and see it better. And I'm like, no, 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 don't rub your eye. You need to heal another few days. But they had never seen a TV. And so they were watching Mr. Bean. I don't know if you know, it's a British comedian who does physical comedy. He doesn't say anything, so it doesn't need translation. And the funniest thing was they had never seen a TV before. And by 20 minutes they were laughing and we had the ambulance ready to take them from the airport back to the local hospital. And they didn't want to get on the ambulance because they wanted to see how the movie ended. So it is funny that uh, you see all these uh, amazing miracles and then you, you touch these people's lives and their family lives and you leave work even after working for 14 hours with a smile and a story every day at Orbis. Do
0: you have any thoughts before we wrap up here?
1: No, I just want to thank you guys. Um, you know, we, we all live out of, the Orbis team lives out of a suitcase a lot of the time and we don't always get a home. And your, your museum and your team have volunteered every day to help us, whether it's cleaning the plane or helping the people that come for the festivals or the tours. You're, you guys have really stepped it up. This is an incredibly special museum and it's really special people. And I just want to thank you for
0: that. Well, thank you. I hope you enjoy the rest of your visit. Thank you for joining me today on The Flight Tech, the podcast of the Museum of Flight in Seattle, Washington. As you hear this, Orbis has already left the museum, but you can learn more about their organization at their website, orbis.org, that's orbis.org. The Museum of Flight is committed to accessibility at our own museum, and you can learn more about our tactile tours for visitors with low or no vision in this episode's show notes. And while you can't take a tour of the inside of the MD-10 Flying Hospital, in the Aviation Pavilion, we have five different commercial jet airliners that you can walk around inside. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the Flight Deck to stay up to date on our episodes. And please also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you downloaded us from. Thank you to listener Jim94539 for leaving a five-star review on iTunes. We appreciate your feedback. You can email the show at podcast at museumofflight.org and find more content at museumofflight.org slash podcast. Until next time, this is your host, Sean Mobley, saying we'll see you out there, folks.